0: Passion and pageantry of college football lives here.
1: This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our four podcast.
2: This might be college football. Heather.
1: We are back. Final hour. We appreciate all of you uh, being here. We were talking to Will a minute ago. I've had such an interesting show, and I didn't want to uh, lose uh, the train of thought because it's really a, a, a puzzling subject. Uh, Will, uh, pick it back up. You were talking about Cadillac Williams.
2: Yes, sir. Um, What's stuck in my mind is that last year after Hugh Freeze was hired, he made such a point about needing Cadillac to stay on his staff. And now we're looking at uh, both coordinators gone and two former popular Auburn players, Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge gone. Um, I I just can't understand, given... The success of Auburn's running game this year, um, why Cadillac would be leaving, uh, especially since he has always had such a good rapport with Auburn fans and with the Auburn players.
1: Well, uh, let me address that. I asked that question to uh, Matt Cone the other day, and there's 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 something we don't know, and I don't know what that something is uh, because Hugh Freeze uh, did not acknowledge it, and neither did uh, Cadillac Williams. So my get my gut feeling is that something happened between the two of them, or something happened somewhere else uh, to create this issue, uh, because considering that many people thought he was a better choice than Hugh Freeze, uh, he would be an unusual person to uh, kick out of your staff. And I know Zach Etheridge. Uh, and uh, I know how popular he was among recruits. So uh, the only thing I can offer you uh, is uh, I think we'll have a better understanding of that in due time, but we don't today.
2: I just wondered if uh, there might have been some <clears throat> disagreement over the quarterback, the starting quarterback, whether Cadillac thought maybe Robbie Ashford wasn't giving a fair shot at it. and I, I know he's transferring to South Carolina now.
1: Uh, well, well. All I can tell you is, I think we'll. Uh, I think that could be something. That may have had a, something to do with it. I think it's a bigger issue. Uh, I wish I knew more. Well, thank you for the call. Uh, really good to have have you on. Let's uh, check out Legend next. What's up, my black hat brother? Legend, thank you for for joining us. Paul, I'm quitting the show. I'm quitting, Paul. I'm quitting, man. It's my last
3: call ever, Paul. Oh, really? <laughs> you've been You've been unkind to me, Paul. You've been unkind to me, Paul. You disrespected me, Paul. You disrespected me. Man, that is such a coward approach. Let me tell you a true story, Paul. A few years ago you was up there with them clowns, Turner and Hoots, up there in Boston. Oh yeah. And you you referred to me as, as something that guy something man it just crawled all over me and me and you got into it that day you remember that day
1: I do remember that
3: yeah it's been several years ago but uh, my aunt called me that day and she said that is so ridiculous of a veteran fine bomb caller going off with of fine bomb she said you a veteran caller you ain't no damn rookie caller you know how Paul is he might be loving you he might be slapping you he might be disagreeing with you hell he's a man just like you are son you see you need to let that go that's petty and childish and i ain't never did it since paul it don't matter the other day i was on hold after michael griffin and you you had a choice between me and jim and you chose jim now about 10 years ago i would have stopped on you i said what the hell are you going to Jim for when you got the legend on <laughs> But I said to myself, that's Paul's show. If he want to call the NBA and let him take the shot, let him take the shot. He did a good job on Michael Griffin, man. He did a good job. But don't you agree, Paul, you had to understand the show, and there's a difference between being a veteran caller and a whiny-ass quitter every damn day. Don't, don't you agree uh, uh,
1: Legend, you're right. I did have to make a choice, but what I was counting on was after his, his, he reigned it and raved, I was hoping you would put a bow on it. <laughs> he did a pretty good job today. I had to give him credit.
3: That's about the only good call he's ever had. Talking about a good call though. Man, Squirrel had a true black cat call today. That was one of the best calls I ever heard right there, man. Squirrel's a true black cat. Along with Dominique, the handsome one, Trey, John. We out there I hear see miss Mr. Susan. But uh Paul heard something today that pissed me off and I heard it from Pat Smith, and I want to know if you know anything about this. Well, if you heard it from Pat Pat, Smith,
1: then uh, I believe it.
3: I heard Pat Smith say today, on the way to the Rose Bowl on the Alabama plane, there were certain Alabama players demanding more money to
1: play in the Rose Bowl. Have you heard anything like that? Uh, I I have not heard that, Um, but one thing I've said, and you've heard me say this about Pat, Pat uh, is the creator of this show back in the day, and uh, a lot of what we've done is uh, because of his uh, creativity and, 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 and hard work. Uh, he would, he's got sources all over the place. He, he, is, he is plugged into uh, high school coaches, uh, college players, college coaches. So uh, I can't imagine uh, Pat would have said that if he didn't have a, a very good reason to say that.
3: Well, I have the utmost respect for Pat Smith. Hell, he's the creator of this show. How yeah, can't no, you no. have respect so I, But for I haven't heard that yeah. yet, but I have now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that amazes me. You know, I want to thank Jalen Melrose and Booker and Malachi Moore and Lawson and the guys, Dylan Hale, the guys Pinterest, the guys that stayed behind. And a couple of them already made a statement. They wouldn't trade their legacy at the University of Alabama for nothing. But I want to tell you something. If that's what college football has came to, it is a damn shame, Paul. It is a damn shame that players on the way to the Rose Bowl is demanding more money to play in the Rose Bowl. I wouldn't blame Nick Saban for quitting. Hell, I've thought about quitting the game of college football and transferring to another sport, but there ain't another sport out there that ain't just as corrupt as college football. They just catch it up with the times, really. Hell, you don't even know who you're cheering for on these teams no more. One day to the next, they ain't no more legacy players. It's all about the big dollar now. They don't give a damn about the fans, don't give a damn about the university, and don't give a damn about the A. And it's friggin' pathetic, Paul. It's friggin' pathetic. If that's the case, it's the fans that needs to reconsider if they want to be a part. Maybe we ought to go to the table and demand some damn money for watching y'all boat jumpers and traders. That may be what we ought to do. I appreciate the ones that stayed, but that kind of crap is pathetic in my book. What about the University of Alabama and all the fans traveling out there? And let me say this, Jim, you ought to quit, dude. It's been the same old sorry-ass call for 10 years. Same old scene with moron. You say moron. I mean, it's just pathetic. And let me say this to you, John, from Missouri, St. Louis, or wherever the hell you are. Good riddance, Richard E. Nixon. Let me tell you something. You are a straight-ass liar, a liar. I watched that Alabama game the other night, and it was during a timeout and a Missouri player was in the Alabama huddle talking trash to an Alabama player when Coach Oates, Bobby Knight Jr., put his finger in his chest and told him to get his ass down to the other bench. I loved every second of it. I don't think he should have put his hand on him, but the player shouldn't be there talking trash trying to cost a damn fight. And I'll say this right here. We beat your ass by 20, and now you can go sell them season tickets for what they're worth 15 cents on the dollar on the street, you moron. So long to you. So long to Jim. We don't need you. The fine bomb dynasty will be just fine. And you know what, Paul? You ain't got to pay me a damn penny to say that, brother. I'll do it for free. I don't need (laughs) no hell, baby. What the hell? Pay to play. Win the game. Then maybe we'll give you a couple grand. How about, Paul?
1: Peace, brother. Well, Great stuff from the legend. I Man is up next.
4: What a blowhard. What a brown nosing, long winded, haw, 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 black hat, black hat, blowhard. I mean, the, the, first off, let, let me correct that damn idiot, that dumbass. I, don't come in here and talk about me being white trash. First off, Jim is not a buffoon. Jim can quit if he wants to. He can come back and he can be the greatest at everything he's ever said. Just like you come in here and talk your BS. And, and as far as me being white trash, first off, I've never pulled a pistol and pointed a pistol at anybody. Let alone fired a shot just to get their attention. Let alone unloading a pistol on a guy and killing him. Let alone being convicted of murder. Let alone coming on here bragging about going from death row to, to to fan mail. I mean, you've been dragging that dead kid around since you've been on this show, and I, let alone mixing up some hot sauce on a on a back porch of a trailer with a with a trolling motor, not a mixer. I'm talking about the trolling motor that goes down in the damn lake with all the grease and the joints and, and the swivel joints and all that. Not a mixer with with actually mixing paddles and then putting Nick Saban's name on it calling it Saban Hot Sauce, let alone taking money from people for T-shirts that you you were shut down on for copyright and trademark infringements and didn't give their money back, let alone for just being a blowhard. And those aren't potato chips. I mean, those aren't potato chips. are not contraband. You don't have to hide the potato chips at home. I mean, you're going to call me white trash. If I'm white trash, what does that make you, you damn idiot blowhard? And, and Paul, let me go to you now. First off, you don't say words like embryonic on this show, because half the damn bammers don't know what an embryo is. Embryonic. It's a, you, Paul, you like them words. You, you just stuck on them, them $3 words because it makes you sophisticated. Because you wear a purple blazer. And, and, you know, to note to some of these other people, somewhere this is always compared to Jerry Springer, but it's turned into Oprah. Are you O Paul? That's who you turned into. You take some of these callers. Oh, you such a sweet man. I love your best. You teach me so much. at the hell with them callers? Step up and talk smack and be damn done with it. How am I doing, Paul? Anyway, and then you're gonna talk and then you had that guest on. You was talking about, oh that that, that new fella in Alabama. What well, he he's good. That guy told you to your face. We don't know anything about him. We don't know that he can recruit, and the Bammers are crying. Look at all them players jumping ship. I want to thank those that stayed. I want to thank them that stayed. And, and then he's doing the same thing to Washington. He's coaching that team that just got the living hell beat out of them by Michigan. They're going to bring them players down here to get the living hell beat out of them by everybody down here. You know, how, how am I doing, Paul? Am I connected? And then, and then the athletic director said, he said we he talked to six, seven other coaches in a period of time. So we already know he's talked to six or seven, plus his ABC, that makes ten. And ended up with this guy. He talked to ten people and ended up with this guy. How am I doing, Paul? Am I on point? Am I on point? Are those facts absolutely the facts you may not like them ladies and gentlemen but i don't come in here and talk all that bs i i I go straight to the facts and if you don't like them go go to judge ito's uh, courtroom and have a sidebar with oj and the snow bronco chase. war damn eagle. have a good day
1: paul we'll take a short break we're back after this
0: you're listening to the paul feinbaum show podcast
1: And we're back, uh, continuing here, and uh, let's talk to Stu in Louisiana. Hello, Stu. Hey, Paul. Uh, Pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. And just
4: to, uh, like, the situation in the SEC, obviously changing, with the coaches, uh, Nick Saban, the G-O-A-T, nobody can ever doubt that. And then we got uh, the the guys that are underneath him and one Kirby who has won national championship, and then Sark behind him. Everybody hating on Texas, but Texas, are they not building a program to come in to play the game?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, t- I just you're asked right. For you. Yes, too. I think Texas is, uh, is coming in here, and there were so many concerns. What kind of shape would they be? Would they be SEC ready? The answer is yes. I mean, they come in here as one of the teams to beat in the SEC, and uh, they are going to be fierce. Thank you very much for the call. And uh, we continue here with Troy, who is up next in Birmingham. Hello, Troy. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, I'm uh, climbing down a ladder. Let me get down here to the bottom
8: but a couple of things.
1: When does the portal close? Do you know? Yeah. It's a 30, 30 days from the day of uh, Nick Saban's announcement. So three more weeks. And by so the way, the portal is open weeks. for other for like why like Alabama got a commitment today from a Washington quarterback. So uh-huh. any, so, so it works both ways. All right. Another question. When does the, uh,
8: when does the fine bomb portal close? I mean, you lost two today. Jimmy. Yeah, we did.
1: Uh, we uh we, we never close, <laughs> so uh, okay, so they can come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's the problem with. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's also uh, with all the legalized gambling now. There, there are there are there are parlays out there on how long it will be for both of them to come back, one of them to come back and win. Okay, then on your uh, interview with uh, was it Ari? I believe. Yeah, Ari Wasserman.
8: Yeah, Watchman, that's right. Uh, you know, he was talking, I, I don't know, he sounded a little little negative there about what's going to happen to Alabama. So uh, let me ask you this. Greg Burns, how long has he been there? He's been there for uh,
1: about eight years. Okay, so uh, you consider him a pretty smart guy, right? Uh, I have tremendous respect for Good Greg. judgment. Yeah, so who hired Oates? Greg Byrne.
8: Yeah. Was Oates very well known at the time? uh, No, he really was. uh, He I
1: think he replaced Bobby Hurley at at Buffalo, and he uh, a lot of people wondered. uh, Is that right? Uh, A lot of people wondered if if he was living off of uh, somebody else's talent when he went to the NCAA tournament, and we found out. Yes, I I think we're good hands with with Greg Burns uh, making the right choices for the quarterback for the quarterback
8: for the coach at Alabama, and then one more thing. And I'll let you. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, you know, when Saban retired, to me it was sort of like everybody knew where they were. Sort of like when Elvis died yeah, or OJ huh, the case exactly. and all that. And I was at a certain guy's house who's a big Alabama alum, and uh, who's uh, he's probably listening, probably not gonna let me saying this. Who whose son is on the, the airways himself. Okay, so I'm in the other room working, and my son predicted this three weeks before because he he said daddy's gone. I've talked to somebody in his family, and then I thought, you know, I, I didn't believe it, but I had to give my son credit. Sure. So anyway, uh, I came walking back to the uh, his desk, and I said, well, that's it. Saban so retired. He goes, no. You should have seen a look on his face, and uh, you might even know this guy. But uh, he goes, no, that can't be true. And then guess what he did? He flipped on the the fine uh, fine bond channel. I don't know if you were owned by the I think you were.
1: Yeah. yeah no. Through. It it happened. a uh, year in Birmingham. It happened at. Uh, we 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 had it about 4:15 uh, local time in Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah.
8: But there again, I'll never forget where I was when that happened. But but that being said, we'll know where this thing's shaking out about spring game. I think when the other portal closes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean.
1: W- really, uh, the true test of uh, of this year will be next time around, and what and what coach does in the summertime. Hey. Thank you very much for your call. Ron is in Virginia beach. Paul, it's been a while. How you doing? Very well. Ron. I,
6: um, yes, I, I just couldn't believe the caller John from St. Louis. You handled it very well. Uh, me personally, uh, I'll never hang up on you, Paul. You always listen. And everybody has their opinions. In my opinion, this year, is this new coach for uh, Nick Saban, Kalen DeBar, Boer. hey, give him a chance. Who knows? You know, I thought when uh, Bear Bryant ended his career and Nick Saban came in, nobody thought, Paul, that Nick Saban would win seven national championships. And so what I'm getting at here, going with Cadillac Williams. I don't hate the guy. He just didn't fit in. It's not that he's doing a good job or anything, Paul. It's just some coaching staffs don't gel with one another. One more thing, or two more things, if it's okay with you. The Big Ten won the national championship, even though Michigan had an easy schedule, and two, thank you for having me on. And my friends from Alabama said that Kalen DeBoer, is from South South Dakota, and he's a Southerner because it says South. Right. <laughs> Roll Tide, Paul. Could have been a lot Bye.
1: worse. Could have been from North Dakota. Hey, thank you for the call. Dustin is in Tulsa. Hey, Paul. How are you today? Okay, Dustin. Well, that sounds
7: great. Uh, I'm glad I'm in likes me. I would hate to be on the end of one of those flamethrowers. That was that was a hell of a call there, I'm in. Um, I want to talk about Texas, though. I don't know if you've covered this. I haven't had a chance to listen today. Sorry about that. don't want to shift gears too hard. But uh, the incident last night with Rodney Terry right. losing it in the handshake line, getting another player's face yelling, don't do that, don't do that. You know. I mean, do you think – I don't think they are, but I'd be interested to know what you think. Do you think that Texas is ready for the SEC? I mean, I know they've got great athletics. Well, some athletics. I know they've got – more money than Davy Crockett, but their fan base is a whiny bunch of pampered babies who just cannot handle anything. They're weak, they're thin skin. And I don't think they're going to make it in the sec where you have, you know, like Harvey Updike is poisoning Auburn's trees or, you know, the Razorbacks years ago, used the freedom of information act against our own coach. You know, you've got, really horrible things that are done between rivalries, you know, Tennessee throws golf balls and mustard at Lane Kiffin. Um, I don't think that fan base soft as they is or soft as they are rather is ready to come into the sec because they're not going to get cut any slack. I mean, the, the horns down is the least of what they're going to get. And all the whining about it just shows, it just shows everybody else that that's kind of what they're, their pain point is, and, and now people are going to do it even more. I mean, do you think that they're ready for this landscape without just a bunch of wine and thumb sucking or,
1: or, yeah, well, I mean, one of- thing I don't like is when uh, the, op- the the opposing coach lectures a team he just played. Uh, right. Th- there's no need for that. Um, and I agree. And by the way, the horns down thing is, is passe. I mean, I mean, everybody, I mean, I was at Arkansas a couple of years ago and that's all I saw. I was joking with yeah. the Arkansas fans before our show do it. I mean, they were begging me to do a horns down just so they could post it on Instagram.
7: Right. I mean, we, and we don't even have to be playing Texas for us. I mean, that hatred goes deep I mean, we, we could be playing LSU, the TV camera comes by and our kids are in the student section, throwing the horns down. I mean, Texas can expect that and a lot worse, especially if they whine about it. I think they just need to get over themselves because they're not going to get protection from the SEC like they did in the Big 12, I don't think.
1: No, because, uh, I mean, Justin, the answer to your question is I don't know. I haven't been to Austin since all this happened. I will be there. uh, And I'm eager to uh, interact with more Texas people. And I think that's going to start happening here. I mean, we're yeah, – I've said this a few times, but – Texas is in the SEC now in football. They're not in anything else, but the football season's over. So uh, we're all we're all about Texas and, and Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, they've been in a pretty soft conference for a long time. You know that. For a long time, yeah. I mean, you, you take
7: some of the teams that are toward the middle or even the bottom of the SEC and you put them over in the Big 12 and they would have been right there with Texas and Oklahoma running things. You know, they. I think they've – personally, I think oh, yeah. they and Oklahoma
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, it's it's going to be both uh, a place like here, but there's also going to be uh, an accommodation in the boardrooms because Texas is is Texas. Uh, What do I mean by that? They're used to having their way. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. But well, we're months removed from all that. But I just I don't think they're ready, and
7: uh, I, I'm going to enjoy watching them squirm because you know a hit dog will holler, as they say. Well, the
1: only I, mean, I the only thing I'll I'll, I'll say in, in the conclusion I, I don't know if last night really uh, I mean that, that was a that was a coach making really a poor decision uh, in the moment. Uh, what was, it was the game? I mean I mean l- l- let the coach of the other team l- uh, discipline and educate his players. You don't, need the other, you don't need the opposing coach uh, getting in the middle of that. That's like you, know, you going next door and telling uh, uh, the, the family uh, the, that their son needs discipline. It, just, it doesn't work that way, Dustin. And, but, I, but I think Texas is ready for the SEC, if that's what you're asking me. Be right back.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
1: Welcome back to the show that never ends. Oh, actually, it will. You don't, know, Paul. AJ, AJ. Can you hear me, Paul?
5: I can, AJ. Can you hear me, Paul? It's, a, it's an emotional day, Paul. And I'm, you know, I, I hate to lean on your shoulder today, Paul. Like, uh, like Michigan leaned on Alabama in that college football playoff game. But, uh, you know, I got to today, Paul, because there's an epidemic. It's running wild. It's a, called a quitting virus, and it's spreading from Tuscaloosa all over the land. The coaches are quitting. The players are quitting, Paul. Our fans, have just spread to the fans, it spreads to the fans on the fine bomb show, Paul. What are we going to do? I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to call out that rusty nurse, first of all. Let me tell you something, rusty nurse. There ain't a male nurse on the planet that can run me off the fine bomb show. the, the, The best sports show on the planet. Ain't nothing you could ever say that would... Run me off no fine-bomb show. And you can take that and stick that in one of those uh, biohazard bags and stick it in a secured dumpster at the hospital, rusty nurse. And, Jim, I'm going to tell you something, Jim. Listen, you fit right in in Tuscaloosa, Jim. That's why you live there, Quitterville. That's what it's changed to. They're used to it. What happened is you infected everything. You made Nick Saban quit, Jim. Because he do not he's sick and tired of how you represent the school and the university. You're pathetic. You're a peon at that. And you are absolutely the most uneducated, the most uncivil caller ever to call into the show. And you know that. You preach on one day, and you cuss on the next day, and that's just how you are. And you know, Paul, what's bad about it is that Quentin virus, it spread all the way to Missouri just that quick. Because John over there in Missouri... He's going to go ahead and sniff his own coffee. He smelled his own coffee, Paul. He's a quitter. (laughs) And his calls are like that brown emoji that you got on your phone over there. It's got the little brown pile with the little eyes and the smiley face. Yeah, that's what your calls are like, John. you a bunch of quitting-ass punks. And I'm going to tell you something back to you, um, Rusty Nurse. The difference between me and you is you a teacup Chihuahua caller, and I'm a damn Rottweiler caller, and I chew your ass up any day of the week. Oh, oh, oh. damn eagle.
1: Man, that was quite a call by uh, AJ. That was a good bark too. Harry, New Orleans. Hey, Paul. <clears throat> hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I'm gonna be
4: a little kinder and gentler to John from. St. Louis, if I might. I have a few words for him. Uh, may I, Paul?
1: You, you may.
4: <clears throat> as in the world, as in the school, you know how fate may turn and shift. The prize be sometimes to the fool, the race not always to the swift. Who misses or who wins the prize? Go, lose or conquer, as you can. But if you fall, Or if you rise, be each, pray God, a gentleman. Thank you, Paul.
1: Well done. Thank you very much, Harry. Bring a little class back to the show. Desperately needed it. Uh, Parker is in South Carolina. Hello, Parker.
0: Hello, Paul. How are you doing today?
1: We are doing great. Thank you.
0: Uh, I just wanted to call on here and ask and say, do you think Caden DeBoer was the best fit for Alabama?
1: uh i think he's a he's a superb coach whether he i i'm not positive he's the best fit he would he would have been the best fit though no
0: yeah do you think he's going to be put under pressure a lot being at an sec school a big sec school well known
1: i think he will be under enormous pressure
0: Hmm. well that's all i wanted to come on here and ask and also go clemson tigers
1: thank you very much appreciate your call Cody in Tuscaloosa, you're on the air. Hello, Cody. Hey, Paul. How you doing today? We are doing well. Thank you.
9: Hey, I just wanted to call. I've been born and raised in Tuscaloosa, and, and hearing all these people call in and, and freaking out about Saban retiring and what's next and all these players leaving. You know, we, we, I've had Nick Saban since I was 11 years old, and we've had a lot of winning happening around here, and he's done great things for the city, great things for the state, great things for college football. I just want to tell everybody, calm down we're hiring a guy that was in the national championship after taking over a program in two years. I do think he's a great fit. I do think there was other coaches that fit better schematically, but I think overall DeBoer is going to win here at Alabama and he's going to win national championships and he's going to win SEC championships. So we just need to sit back, let time tell what's going to happen. And honestly, everybody forget Saban went seven and six in his first year with, with Alabama. And then he went on a run from there. So give this man time. we got to have patience. As Alabama fans, we have a tendency to be, you know, put a lot of pressure on people. We expect to win everything. You know, we've had a 17-year run, so we have to have a little patience here. But I wanted to ask you, Paul, overall, would it be crazy for me to think that DeBoer is going to win 10 to 11 games in his first year here at Alabama? Thanks for taking my call.
1: Thank you. Uh... I I can't answer that question, and I'm never one to dodge a question. But uh, until I know more about who will be the quarterback, who will be uh, on that team, uh, I think it would be uh, foolish to try to predict Alabama's schedule. And I think we're a couple of weeks away from that. But until the portal closes, I think uh, you're just simply grasping at straws, trying to gauge what other players are going to leave Alabama. We'll take a break. Final segment is straight ahead.
2: You're listening
0: to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.
1: And we're back, and uh, let's uh, continue. Thomas is in Las Vegas. Hello, Thomas. Hi, Paul. How are you? We are doing great. Thank you for checking in.
0: Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I'm glad I got through. Um... I know you're not a big gambler. I'm out here in Vegas where people uh, like to gamble a lot. Uh, but um, I, was, I was kind of, I don't want to say surprised, but I'll say this. I would gamble that if, if Alabama would have hired Pete Carroll instead of the Washington coach, they would, they would be in the playoffs next year. And I also gambled that these, these players wouldn't be jumping ship into the transfer portal and you'd be talking about players coming in instead of players leaving. I mean, he's 72 years old, but he's very vivacious. You've seen him. Mean, you know what kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, no, shape I, he's I've in. watched Pete, brings, uh,
1: and we're, we're talking about one of the great coaches of, of this era. But, uh, okay. I, I mean, I, I hear you loud and clear. And I don't know what I, I assume Pete probably would have taken the job, but uh, it's I think it's difficult to hire someone like that who has been out of college football. OK, that's that's very fair. And I respect your opinion. I mean, I mean he, was, but I mean, he hasn't been in college football since 2000 and what, nine, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. So that, so that Trump, somebody that, that has absolutely no knowledge about recruiting the southeast. Well, that's uh, know, a now, now, you're, now you're getting, now you're getting uh, difficult with me here. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: okay. I, okay. I mean, and- the one thing, I mean, I'm not going to give any just bold statements about DeBoer until I know more I respect right. him as a as a brilliant tactician. Uh, everyone knows, you know, but, but on the same, on the you know, somebody said he went to the you know he's been to the championship game. Well, I believe if I can remember his name, Mark Helfrich, uh, went to the championship game nine years ago. Does anybody know who he is? I certainly don't. He was the head coach at um, Oregon uh, with Marcus Mariota, and uh, he lost in the national championship game to Urban Meyer and Ohio State, and hasn't been seen since.
9: Okay. Okay. So, I well, mean,
1: thank I, you not, my only team. argument is going to the championship game is great, but there's more to it than that. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, real real quick, two more things real quick, if you got the time. Um, I want to really disagree with you. Uh, from last week, um, uh, I I I never went to UCLA. I'm 58 years old. My father, who's a World War II vet, went to UCLA. The problem when Coach Wooden left, or what what transpired when Coach Wooden left, had nothing to do with uh, Gene Barto as as a basketball coach. He's a good, competent basketball coach. the the The, the problem was. His two Cracker Jack assistants were Barto and Denny Crum, and he chose to – the, the powers that be the athletic director, the president, they chose to hire Gene
1: Bartow. No, you're who right. Who an inferior coach. Yeah. Listen, well, no, I, 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 Thomas, I agree with you, and uh, Denny Crum should have gotten the job. Uh, he's one of the great coaches of his era. and Okay. La- who, was la- the, who was the other assistant? ha uh, I don't remember. Ah, uh, I don't either. Well, yeah, Barto Barto uh, uh, was successful at Memphis. Then he left Memphis after a dispute with the AD and went to Illinois, where he had a losing record for in the one year he was there. It was a shocking hire. Um, now, what one other thing that happened? And you, you, know you. Sam, what's his name? Sam uh, Gilmore. What, what was the guy's name? The big uh, booster? Uh, Gilbert. Sam uh, Gilbert. Yeah. No. Uh, Bartow was a straight lace guy from Missouri, and when he found out that Sam Gilbert was buying players, he freaked out and didn't didn't really understand. That's what you. That's okay. what that's what Wooden had been doing all those years, uh, and that was yeah. a problem too. By the way, well, yeah, I am, well, uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not making that up. I'm quoting Gene Bartow because he was a good friend of mine.
0: Yeah, I, I remember you said. I remember you said that. Well, um, yeah, the game was certainly a lot different then. You know, it's they're buying players today, and you oh, know, no, back then they you know, that, uh, that he, Kareem, this is a Kareem was Kareem and from, uh, couldn't even dunk the basketball. They they had to, you know they they weren't the the dunk was was uh, disallowed, and that's when the you know, the, 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 the UCLA stall was invented when, when Wooden would basically. Tom, this guy, we're talking
1: about Gene Bartow who didn't drink, didn't smoke. He didn't even drink iced tea. Uh, And suddenly you drop him in Westwood uh, and he, it was culture shock. And what's interesting is he lasted two years. He was not fired. He left. He left to to, uh, take over a program that, that didn't even own a basketball at the time.
2: He, uh, start, he started Alabama the program Birmingham? in Birmingham,
1: uh, and, and I think they yeah, still had it a yeah. year to go. It, it was one of the most shocking stories of that era. I was not in Birmingham. I was in college. But all of a sudden, the head coach of the most prominent uh, college basketball program in America leaves to go to a, a place that didn't even have a basketball program. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember who came in after uh, Bartow. Do you remember? Yeah. Um,
9: uh, Whoever the guy was, he did what? pretty well,
1: I think. Was it, it, was, it wasn't Larry Brown, was it? Uh, it may have been somebody else. Uh, no,
0: Larry Brown. Yeah, you know, Larry was, Brown I think came Larry, next Brown,
1: Larry, Larry Brown went to the NIT in 1980. There was somebody, I think. Yeah, I, I really, uh, uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll, it doesn't matter, but, but they, they hired somebody. Uh, he did okay. Um, I think they got to the final four. But, but anyway, hey, thanks well, so much, Tom. It's really great to hear from you. And uh, an interesting conversation about yesteryear. We'll take a short break.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.